Hey, if you have a Bible, turn to Colossians chapter 3. We're going to be looking at the first 10 verses. If you, have, if you don't have a Bible, there's some at the back, and you are welcome to keep one of those. I'm going to be reading out of the English Standard Version. And uh, let me ask you a question as you're, as you're getting there. Have you noticed lately that our world is pretty broken? Have you noticed this? I think some of you have. We see, we see this. There are shootings happening all around. We see fires going up of churches, of school playgrounds by arson. These things are happening. We see this with uh, also where the Supreme Court is ruling, making it very evident we're, we're not a nation under God anymore. And things are becoming more and more clear where we're at. It's getting more and more dangerous and more and more scary. And, and we hear more things going on about ISIS. And in that, it seems that there's more and more always on Facebook that it seems that they're kind of creeping in towards the back door that there's, there's all these things happening, and then we hear about Planned Parenthood and what's going on there, and there's all of these issues. You feel some angst at the moment? You kind of feel that? See, I think what's really hard is that with all of this, what really, for me, what shocks me the most in all of this, what's going on, the response that concerns me and shocks me the most is that of Christians. Because here's the truth, is that the only thing that has changed, the only thing that has changed is our awareness. Our world has always, from Genesis 3, and we'll talk about this on, it, it has always been broken. We, we've seen the issues, and, and really our need has always been for the gospel, has always been for Jesus. And so what our world really needs, what it seems our world needs to experience and needs to find is renewal. It needs renewal. But our world desire, our earthly desire, seems as that we're experiencing this tension, both some believers and especially non-believers, that we're constantly pulled to really move towards a hope that, that it will be us moving into a future that will have in store for us a greater satisfaction than what we're experiencing now. There, there's really, it seems that there's this hope. Man, we feel this angst. We feel this desire for this renewal. Maybe, maybe we can move into a, a better area of better satisfaction, better, better results. But, but here's the understanding that we need to have, is that if our hope and our future isn't fully rooted in Christ, then what we're really moving towards is trying to make a better version of ourselves. We're trying to move towards making a better version of our world, and that's not satisfaction in Christ. That's the attempt of satisfaction in ourselves. The satisfaction in ourselves, and that's just not going to work, because what we see from Scripture is that the world is broken. If this is, if this is news to you, welcome to Bad News Sunday, okay? We're going to get to the good news, but at the moment what we're seeing is that there's bad news, and it's that, it's that our world is broken. We see this from Scripture, and that if by trying to resolve it, we try to create a better version of ourselves, the reality is it's not going to work. Scripture's clear. It's not going to work. But I think because we long for this newness, this renewal, sometimes we really try to fix the problem of being without a full life, of being, out with, being without newness. What we try to do is we try to better ourselves. So the default position of everyone when they feel unsatisfied, uneasy, undone, is let me better myself. 
Let me fix up myself into a better version because a better version of me will be the solution. It'll be the resolve I really feel that I need to my dissatisfaction. And so there's this, all this dissatisfaction around in our world, and what we're trying to do is, let me just try to better myself. And so what we do is we set out to create this better version of ourselves. and this is where we see in our world that there's all of these quick fixes. There's no real solution, there's just quick fixes. That there's methods like buy now, pay later. Just buy that toy you've always wanted, put it on credit. Get that new car, because the world is going down in a flame of fire, and if you have that today, you'll feel better. You'll feel better about the chaos around you if you just have that new car, that new toy, that new feature. That's why I think some of the best-selling books are not classics or, or, or really uh, theology books, but, but the new you kind of books. The here's how to get abs in six minutes. Here, here's the better you book. Here's the workout book that will help you. Here's the pill that will resolve that for you. And then when that doesn't work, it, it, it even gets worse. We, we try to find the resolve to our dissatisfaction in others. We try to find it in others. We put ourselves into unhealthy relationships, unhealthy re- environments, and what we try to do is to make them our God. We try to find our Savior in another human being. And, and what I've said before, and I really want us to understand this, is that we make crummy gods, okay? This is what we need to understand. We make crummy gods. That person that you've set up to hopefully save you is going to fail you because they were never created to save you. They were created to be saved. God had created us in his image and he saved us. And so this is, this is the problem that we see ourselves in. That we'll really never be able to make a better version of ourselves, in fact. It's impossible. But if you feel a, a lack of satisfaction, let me remind you that that's, that's a gift from God. If you feel that lack of satisfaction, that angst, which is a gift from God, a, a better version of you will never satisfy that. If you feel that better version, a newer you, a new toy, more credit debt, worse relationships, none of that's going to satisfy. And in fact, you will be just as, if not more disappointed, more dissatisfied as you are right now with that sexier six-minute ab version of you, of that bolder version of you, that smarter version of you. Because the only thing that satisfies is Jesus. That's the only thing that will ever satisfy is Jesus. Will you feel some some temporary happiness, yeah, but not long-lasting joy. You're going to struggle in this because this isn't renewal. This is just a temporary fix. And so what we see from Genesis 3 in the beginning of the Bible is that through the fall, when Adam and Eve sinned, when they walked away outside of God's plan, things turned upside down. And not only did they turn upside down, but they became broken. And in Genesis 3, the first eight verses, what we see in that text is that what the serpent, what the enemy really offered was a better self. He really, he really said, hey, did, did God really say that you can't go outside of his design? You, you know, you can kind of be him if you choose this. So you see that? We've, we've created these crummy gods off of an offer that's not real. Because when God made you and I, he made us perfectly in his image. He didn't desire for us to create versions of ourselves. 
And so what this caused from the beginning of the fall is this downward broken spiral of self. No longer seeing us through God's eyes, how God sees us, but seeing ourselves in the hope of a better self. And so throughout the Old Testament, as we read throughout Scripture, there's a problem. There's a constant problem because the frame in which God made us in, in His image, was no longer being used to reflect God. But rather, people's views changed, people started reshaping themselves, a hope for a better self to fit their own reflections. And this is what we see today. In all of these issues, people are going off into their own direction, doing their own thing. And so we see the problem, but there's that longing of what is the solution. And so as we get into our text this morning, what we need to understand is we, we can't do this. We can't be the resolve. Our, our broken, sinful self is not enough. It, it's, it's through Jesus. So, this, so what we see in Scripture in Colossians 3 as we look at our text, is that the solution is Jesus. In the first 10 verses, what Paul lays out to the church is saying, here is your resolve. Here's what you need to do. As you are made new, here's how you continually seek renewal. So we're going to re- read Colossians 3, starting in verse 1. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these things, the wrath of God is coming. In these you too once walked when you were living in them, but now you must put them all away, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Amen indeed. And so what we see as we apply the word this morning, is that Paul is reminding us that we are renewed by continually choosing life in Christ. We are renewed by continually choosing life in Christ. And Paul told this also to the church in Galatians, to the Galatians, he said in chapter 5, verse 1, he says, for freedom, Christ has set us free. It's for freedom, not for slavery, for freedom. So stand therefore and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. It's for freedom that Christ has set you free. So when we choose life in Christ, what we see is that we are set free from our sin life when we confess Jesus as Lord. So we're really giving up control of our whole life, and we're also released from the sin. When we give up that old life, it means we're also giving up that sin. We're giving up that stuff, and we're leaning into relationship with Him. Because the greatest step we can take in our lives is to believe what God says about who Jesus is. That we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior. And the second greatest thing that we can do, the greatest step we can do do is to believe what God says about who we are. That we can 
receive that. Believing in God. Believing what God says about Jesus and what God says about you and I. Because a life in Christ, I really want you to catch this this morning. A life in Christ is not based upon who you think you are, but who God says you are. It's not based upon who you think you are. It's based on who God says you are. And in your program, I put a list of scriptures that says this is my identity in Jesus. That down the list as we go, it says my identity in Jesus is that I am beloved. I'm beloved, a a child of God, delighted in. I am forgiven. I am washed clean. I'm free. I'm a temple of the Holy Spirit. I'm adopted into God's family. I'm co-heirs with Christ. I'm righteous. I am new. I am a saint. I am set apart. An ambassador of Christ. A co-laborer. A sweet aroma. Never alone. A masterpiece. Wonderfully made. Bold. Having guaranteed victory. Holding a secure future. And whole in Christ. See, that is the life that we are called to be living in Christ. That is the identity that we are given. Because what these scriptures tell us is that the old life is gone. That's not who we're seen as or seen by, but it's the new life in Christ that has come. When we choose that, it's the new life in Christ that we are defined by. And this is why I keep using this verse over and over again in church that we see in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 16 through 18. Paul tells the church in Corinth, he says, From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. He says, therefore, because we don't regard anyone to the old life, to the flesh, if anyone is in Christ... He is a new creation. Anyone who has chosen to follow Jesus, to make Jesus their leader, their senior pastor, there's new life. They are a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Verse 18, he says, All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. You see the incredible truth in there. Not only are you made new, but then you are given that ministry of reconciliation, which was established in Christ. And so our response to this message, to this gospel truth, really needs to be that that as Christ came to save us, we see this in John 3.16, that as Christ came to save us, that we're to reject our old life, our, our sin, our old life that we receive salvation when we choose to believe in him, and through that we are redeemed. So we see new life in Christ through that redemption. So we reject, we receive, and we redeem. And the second thing that Paul tells us is that we are renewed by removing what is earthly. And this is a process. I think it's really difficult that when we become believers, when we choose to follow Jesus, we think that every little piece is going to happen overnight. But growing up into maturity is a process. And so this process doesn't happen right away. But little by little, it is us surrendering all that we are to God. All that we have, all that we're doing, all to God. Because when we choose to follow Jesus and and we are made new, that means we're removing our thinking. We're laying before Jesus 
what we believe, what we do in our day-to-day, and how we go about this life. Every step. Which really means, here's the, here's the really important truth about this. What this means is that if it doesn't align our thinking, our beliefs, what we do, how we go about this life, if it doesn't align with Jesus, then we remove it. Because it's no longer about our thinking, but about his. So the way we view God, the way we view money, relationships, sex, and and even politics, how we view all of these things is all through the lens of who Christ is and where he stands on these subjects. So we align ourselves with him, not saying, hey, Jesus, come align with me. I'll follow you up to the point where we have a disagreement. But continually surrendering ourselves. Because when we try to take control, it's about the outcome that best fits us. We're looking for that outcome. But when we give God control of our lives, it's about the outcome that best gives him glory. It's about us seeking, God, what brings you glory in my life? How can I continually align with you? Not, not ask you to align with me. How can I continually align with you? Which is why when Jesus told the, cr- the crowd in Luke 9, verse 23, when they asked him about following, he says, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself. Let him put off his old self and take up his cross daily and follow me. See, it's a daily pursuit. It's not just a one-moment thing. So then how we live then is by viewing and responding to everything in light of what Christ did in our lives. So I really want you to understand this. Our our gospel living model is out of our response to the gospel. Remember what I just said was that we reject our sin, our old life. We receive salvation when we believe in Jesus as our Lord and Savior and we are redeemed into new life in Christ. And so we reject, receive, redeem. And this becomes the model to which we live. So we see that through everything. As we look to remove what is earthly, we reject, receive, and redeem. We look at it in that model. So rejecting something, looking at that and going, that's not of God. That's not of what someone would choose to live, to do, to consume as a follower of Christ. So I'll reject that. And then looking at something is, can I receive that? Can I receive that? Can we take it in as is, as it is good, and it is from God? We, we receive Scripture. We don't reject it, and we don't redeem it. We receive it as good, as is. We don't make changes to it. We just receive it. And I think as we look to remove what is earthly, we also have to ask ourselves, can this be redeemed? Can we take it in and reuse it for God's glory? A great example of this is our worship music. Music is used all over the world for things that don't glorify God. And we redeem the guitar, we redeem the the, the music, the speakers for where it's used, not for glorifying God, but we use it here. I mean, the method of how we made our worship songs was one, one day, back in the day, they were old bar tunes. And we took the chords and we took the music and we made them worship. So, We look at that. Is this something that we reject, receive, or redeem? How can this be used? Does this bring glory to God? So as we look at that, reject, receive, redeem. How do I need to approach that? I mean, there's a lot of things that can be redeemed, like bacon. 
Let's be honest. Praise God for some bacon. That can be redeemed. If you don't know that, go Acts 10. I mean, that's the greatest, that's one of my favorite passages to just tell people who don't eat bacon. Go Acts 10. That's a good one. But we can redeem these things, but, but there are also things we need to reject. There are also things that we can just receive, but we need to be careful. Removing what is earthly, removing continually, does this, does this bring glory to God? And the third and, and final thing is that we are renewed by remembering. We are renewed by remembering that we are made new. See, the term renewed, what Paul tells us, that term renewed in the Greek refers to the process of becoming new. It's the process, which is ongoing for believers. So when we become new in Christ, I really want you to understand this in case you really need to set, let yourself off the hook this morning. When you become new in Christ, the internal part is immediate. You are set free from a life of sin. When you make Jesus the Lord of your life, following him, the internal part is immediate. You are no longer living in the bondage of sin. You are living in Christ. But the external part is over time. It's a process of growth because you're starting out as an infant, new, brand new in Christ. This is why Peter told the church, in 1 Peter chapter 2, in verse 2 and 3, he said, Like newborn infants long for pure spiritual milk, that by it you may grow up, that you may grow up into salvation, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. That you would grow up. I think we need to remember this. We need to remind one another of this. Identifying, is this person a spiritual infant, or are they spiritually ignorant? Because there's a difference of going, man, you, you should be on solid food here spiritually. And, and, you're, and you're still after that spiritual milk. But understanding there's a process. That the external part, the, the area of our lives is over time. It's not all going to happen overnight. Some parts are, but there's a growth process. And then the last two verses that Paul shares in Colossians 3 that we read earlier Paul reminded the believers to remind one another their true identity in Christ. And he said in that, that last verse, he says, don't lie to one another. Get real. Get real with one another. Remember that you are made new in Christ. You, this, is, this is not your old life. But I think, I think the struggle for us sometimes is the reality, the reality to this and in our humanness is that when we feel shame. When we feel shame from our sin, or sometimes especially when it comes to shame, things that aren't even sin that we make believe that they're sin, out of, out of not full understanding, we isolate from God. We isolate from God and others. And when we do that, we really begin to reject truth. Sometimes truth that sets us free, and sometimes truth that's hard for us. We begin to reject these things. And so I just really want to encourage you this morning as we look at here, as we've looked at what it means to be renewed in Christ. What God says about you is far more important than what you say about you. What God says about you is far more important than what you say about you. And so don't ever return again to that old life. The attempt of, of bettering you 
more, move forward. Lay your stuff down at the foot of the cross. Remember that through Christ, you are made new. Remind each other of that. Someone says, here's where I'm, here's where I'm struggling. Hear that brother, hear that sister. But remind them of who they are in Christ. Hold each other to that. I think sometimes we, we get groups that are going, man, don't worry, here's who you are in Christ. And some groups who are saying, hey, you can't act like that, this is how you need to be in Christ, but there needs to be a balance. Remember, you are set free, which means you're called to live free. No longer returning again to, to sin, to slavery. Hold each other to that. I think what we need to do, what God keeps reminding me, what I keep doing some self-examining of is I need to really let go of whatever it is that's holding me back, that I'm holding on to, me, myself, that's keeping me from experiencing renewal in Christ. I just want to encourage you this morning as we come to a close to really ask yourself, man, what am I holding on to that's keeping me from experiencing renewal in Christ? Let's pray.